the college basketball experience, AAC American athletic conference off season. Look in episode on the sports gambling podcast networks presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia from boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use it in their Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance at a million dollars. We're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Yes, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Hey, what's up, you degenerate gamblers? This is Bill Burr, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, baby. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. Welcome to the college basketball experience. AAC, yes, American Athletic Conference offseason check in. My name is Colby Swinging Database Dan, aka Pick Don D. That's not a pick, this is a pick. And I'm joined by my co host, the DFS God himself. Give it up for the rooftop IPA drinking, homebrew making. Tobacco Road living the free lock given former former Herndon Basketball League MVP. Give it up for NC Nick in the place to be. What's up, man? How are we doing today? Well, we are just picking AAC basketball here. And you look at this there conference, they represented the final four a season ago. And and I don't know if you saw Kelvin Sampson's or uh, Kevin Sampson's uh uh quote saying that Memphis was harder than any of the teams he'd beat. To uh, to get to the final four, and you might have some truth with that when you really look at this conference. Memphis was kind of a team that kind of well, we're going to dive into them more, but I think was extremely talented. Were they underachieving? You could argue that. You could also argue the fact that COVID was an issue. But you look at this conference as a whole with Wichita State, Memphis, and Houston, and then you got the likes of uh, a couple. I know UConn le- leaving was huge, but Cincinnati kind of in a rebuild. Uh, Tulsa, yeah, a couple of years ago, I think the year that COVID hit, they were gonna probably pr- maybe be a tournament team. That didn't happen because of COVID, and then last year they weren't, you know, elite by any means. Then you got like the ECUs, the 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 South Florida's, the the Tulane with Ron Hunter, where I think they're getting better. SMU's another one. SMU's a team that that uh, almost made the tournament a season ago. So, uh, what do you make of this whole conference? Yeah, I mean it's a good conference. It's one of those you know you know next level conferences after the Power Five, where you know it seems like usually with these conferences uh, there's like maybe three really good teams, two or three really good teams, 
a handful of other very competitive teams, but then towards the bottom of the conference, it gets pretty bad, pretty, pretty quickly. And I think that's pretty much the way it is in the American, but up top, man, it's, it's pretty top heavy. You got some really good pro, uh, programs between Houston and Memphis and Wichita. Cincinnati's been a little bit down recently, but they should be, they should bounce back up with that new coaching hire. So it's a good competitive basketball conference. Sure. I actually think the floor is rising a little bit here too. I think the floor of this conference is rising, but let's get into it. Let's let's preview uh, in no sp- no specific order. We're just gonna rattle these off uh, team by team. If you haven't heard any of our other che- uh, you know conference look-ins, go check those out. They're all available on the College Basketball Experience. But uh, basically, we just highlight on the team what the crazy offseason with the transfer portal, the NIL players going pro, then coming back. Um, so just getting you in tune. It's a little tune up for uh you know before the 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 season tips. We're gonna we'll, we'll preview them these conferences more in October and early November. But uh, this is just to to keep the keep the juices flowing essentially. So let's hop into I think the team that's probably been the biggest offseason story is the Memphis Tigers. We just touched on them a little bit here. Penny Hardaway, you know the Magic. We're gonna try to. I, he, I think the Magic Orlando Magic. We're gonna hire him as a head coach, but he decided, hey man, I haven't done what I said I was gonna do at Memphis. As much as I would love to be the head coach of my old team, at some point, I uh, I have work to do. That you know, I promised. What uh, I come, I made a commitment to this university and to a lot of these players, and I'm gonna honor that commitment. And then he also, like the next day, hired Larry Brown at like 80 years old to be an assistant coach here. Um, what do you make of Memphis? You look at this team. Uh, first off, the recruiting they have uh, count them six top 150 recruits coming in to the program this year. Now, and the only five star going to the American in uh, that big man, uh, Jalen uh, Duran. Duran, yeah, yeah, J- Duran, I think. And then uh, well, potentially the number four recruit in the nation. Imani Bates. Now he's, he's unsure. He's for, I think it's down to I think 24, seven sports is saying 60% chance. He goes to Memphis, 40% chance to, uh, you know, some type of pro ball, but that one will know very soon. Besides that though, you, the transfer portal, good and bad, I guess, to, uh, to the Memphis tigers. Um, they lost a, a few guys a season ago, you know, uh, DJ Jeffries. I think he went to what Mississippi state Musa Cisse to Oklahoma state. Uh, that, that was the front court, yeah, you know, boogie Ellis to USC. So uh, just, just, uh, but yet at the same time, you look at this team and say, okay, well, Lester Quint Quinones, uh, I, I love this dude's game. Have you watched this Mr. kid? Mr. Short shorts. He's a baller though. Yeah, he is. He's no, a he baller. 9.5 points a game, 5.8 assists, one steal a game. Him Landers Nolly's back. Nolly's the transfer from VT. He's a very solid player scorer. That dude can just get buckets whenever you need them. And then they go out in the transfer portal and they get Earl Timberlake from Miami, who was impressive. They also got yeah, t- nice player. They also got Chandler Lawson from Oregon and, and Tyler Harris from Iowa state key contributors on those teams. Um, and then Deandre Williams is back at the, at the, at the forward spot, 12 points a game, five and a half boards, 3.4 assists. Damn. I mean, that's a good stat line there. That's a complete basketball player. You mix that in with what they're bringing in freshman wise. I don't know what we're looking at here. I, I honestly do believe this though. I believe Kelvin Sampson was onto something there. I think if COVID had not been a thing last year, Memphis would have been a tournament team for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, hey, they won the NIT. 
now some people, you know, joke around, oh, NIT champions. There's good teams in in the NIT, and to 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 to, to break off four wins in a row against Dayton, Boise, Colorado State, Mississippi State, that tells you that Memphis was right around that bubble line. And if they would have got into the tournament, who knows? Maybe they could have went a round or two. Well, remember, uh, and, remember how Houston beat them like a half court shot by their big yeah. man that banked in. Yeah, in the yeah, AAC exactly. championship, I think it was. So. They, yeah, they lost to Houston by two, seventy six, seventy four, and that was actually in the same week they lost to Houston twice by three points at Houston, and then the neutral site championship game by two points. Houston was a final four team. So yeah, it just goes to it's show. a fine line. It's a fine line. And Memphis was, you know, if, if they would have beat Houston, one of, one of those games, they might've got in. Yeah. And, and they probably would have. And and when you look at it, like they were obliviated by COVID and then they, they come back for like a game or two and then COVID hits them again. It was just hard to get on pace. I feel like with any type of rhythm to your team, when you have this many problems, uh, I, I recall the opening day of college basketball last year. They were playing St. Mary's. And I think they were laying ten points. I like I liked Memphis going into the year. I locked it up, put some money on it. Sure enough, they beat uh, St. Mary's by I think seventeen or something. Easy cover. I was like, this Memphis team, watch out. And then you know it, they just never were able to put it all together due to COVID, due to due to who knows what. But they were a talented team. And uh, Samson's right. I mean, they, they were a tough out last year. They would have been a tough out for just about anyone. So this year, is this the year Penny Hardaway gets Memphis in the tournament and actually wins some games? You think so, man? Looking at this roster, you would have to think so. Uh, especially with Houston potentially, you know, they're not going to be as good as last year. So, you know, if you're looking at the cream of the crop in the American, Memphis has to be right there. They have to be one of the three or four schools that you mentioned, right? Yeah, I, I think for sure. Uh, and I think this is the year, uh, uh, assuming they're vaccinated and they won't have COVID issues all year. <laughs> I sure. Yeah. I sure hope so. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, you have some question marks, I guess with the front court cause Jeffries and, and sissy, uh, left. But if that five-star, uh, uh, during can step in as, as center, be the big man. And then, I mean, look, I mean, they don't have any weakness really, you know, they have basically four guys that almost average double digits points per game. They have uh, you know fresh uh, freshmen coming in who are talented. They got experience on the bench. Uh, they, uh, I, I, I think say, Hardaway's a pretty good coach too. So there's not there's a lot to like about this team definitely. And I like how he came back. I like Penny Hardaway yeah. and and Same by, here. and by the way that Alex Lomax on the bench he he was a big contributor last year. I think that is a guy that. Like you said, they have depth now that all across. I think. I think they're a tournament this t- a tournament team this year. What do you think their ceiling is in the tournament? You know, th- this ceiling question is harder and harder. I, I, I guess with with so many players coming back and with a lot of the like the top notch programs really loaded, I think it'd be kind of foolish to say like Final Four or something. Even though Houston just did it, um, I'd say Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a really talented team. You could make a case that this would be like, uh, what do you think, top fifteen team? That's essentially what the Sweet Sixteen is, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I I would say that they'll probably be ranked most of the uh, of the year somewhere between you know fifteen and twenty five or so. All right, let's switch it over and talk Wichita State Shockers. This team made the uh, the tournament a season ago. Beat what Drake? I think won one game and then lost in the second game to USC, I believe. 
uh, or no, did they? No, they lost to Drake. They lost to Drake, I think by one, right? In the first round of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I believe. 53 52. Yeah. Um, in a, in, a, in a game where points were hard to come by. <laughs> I mean, you can tell by the final score. It, it was a, it was a very entertaining game, but it was a slugfest. There wasn't a whole lot of offense and that's kind of been which, what Wichita's about. Um, but they you know, look, they're talking about a, a good program year in, year out. That's a shockers. Well, and even last year and you're right. Cause this is a testament to the program because Greg Marshall gets fired with that incident. A bunch of people transfer out and they still find themselves in the NCAA tournament. And really a lot of that reason is Tyson ETN and ETN he's back. And this guy's a baller, 16 points a game, three and a half boards, one steal a game, him and their big man, Morris Adizi, they're both back. So you would think, okay, as the, the, they're only going to be better. They also bring in Joe pleasant from Abilene Christian who beat Texas in the tournament last year. You might remember pleasant. He played big in that game, 10 and a half points per game. He comes in. They, they got a couple of young guys, Ricky council and Dexter Dennis that are going to be up in there. I mean, Dexter Dennis was almost good for 10 points, four and a half boards a season ago, but Clarence Jackson going to have to fill the fill in some, you know, that he wasn't a starter a season. He was going to have to jump in there. Um, they got a Juco transfer and Matt McFarland coming in. What do you make of the shockers? They have two top, uh, top uh, 200 recruits coming in. What do you make of the shockers? I know that that was a key loss. You know, uh, when they lost uh, what Trey Wade transferred out to Arkansas, that one was, was pretty key. Um, they're they're gonna be good. They're, they're good every year. I mean, just look at their losses last year. They went sixteen and six. They lost, uh, I think, th- three conference games. But overall, their losses to Missouri, to Oklahoma State by three, at Houston, which they also beat Houston too. They lost to that same Memphis school by twenty in Memphis, actually. Um, and then they lost a one pointer to Cincinnati. That's you know regular season. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, on, on you know they beat Houston once, beat UCF twice. Uh, beat Cincinnati a couple of times, beat Ole Miss. It's a solid, solid program year in, year out, and there's no reason why it's not going to be the same thing in 2021, especially with those guys returning, including Tyson Etienne. Dexter Dennis is a player too. Morris Udizi, the big man. Uh, yeah, Wichita State is going to be right there in the mix. Yeah, I wonder if losing Wade and Gilbert depth wise hurts them some, but I like that Joe Pleasant grab from Abilene Christian. He was he was solid. And they got a Juco guy coming in too. I mean, we, you know, we'd be lying if we told you we know anything about Matt McFarlane, but uh, you kind of have to give Wichita state the benefit of the doubt and they're going to have guys step up and fill those supporting cast roles. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tournament team come March, Nick. Sure. Why not? I think they're roughly the same level of talent as last year. I think they can have the same level of success. I don't think it's one of those shocker teams that's going to go far in the tournament. Uh, but they could win a game, maybe. So no Final Four. Ironically, man, what's crazy when you look at the AAC? Even losing UConn, that won a championship while they're in the A's, the AAC. What Memphis in the past, what ten or fifteen years, won the or went to the national championship. Wichita has been in a Final Four, and Houston's been in a Final Four. So, you know what they lack though this year, just like last year, they they, they lack like really good deep shooting. Um, unless one of these recruits or one of these transfers can, can, can bring that. Cause you know, it was a, it, it was a chore to score. I'm going to coin that a chore to score uh, last year for them. There you go. Get your college basketball experience. T-shirts on the back, a, a, a chore to score. <laughs> um, 
Uh, let's talk Houston Cougar uh, basketball here. Actually, before I get to Houston Cougar basketball, I want to tell you guys that the college basketball experience is brought to you by WinBet. Yes, ready to win money and boost your odds. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in all, all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, college basketball, college football, golf, MMA, WNBA, and more. All right. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet from boosted parlays to live in game odds on every single major sport. Uh, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Well, sign up today and receive a special offer, a risk-free $500 sports bet. Yes. Download bet and win. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's w y n n bet.com and start winning today. Um All right. Uh, this is a final four team a season ago and I heard you uh kind of come at them a little bit saying they're not going to be as good. Kyler Edwards was a huge get. Kyler Edwards coming in from Texas Tech, averaged ten points a game there. Um, then I, they go out and they land a, a Taze Moore from Cal State Bakersfield, twelve points a game there. And then what about Josh Carlton coming in from UConn? Could that help them add some depth? Um, and then you know they have a couple nice recruits, uh, top two hundred recruits coming in. Uh, Houston Marcus Sasser's back. That's a guy that uh, pretty. You know, related to Jason Sasser, the old Texas Tech Red Raider, him, Kyler Edwards, uh, then they got Tremont Mark. Now, the bigs, I think, are the big question here. Reggie Cheney, Fabian White. Fabian White was on that team and contributed pretty solidly in the tournament. Add- their bigs, their bigs were a question mark last year. <laughs> but they lost, <laughs> they know? lost Justin Gorham. They lost uh, Giroux, who was a baller. Well, Quentin Grimes. That, uh, yeah, I mean, and that's why they're not going to be as good. You don't lose Jero and Grimes and and you know be the same team. I'm not saying that it's going to be a sharp decline. There's there's still a tournament team. Samson's still a hell of a coach, and they still have talent and scorers all over this you know backcourt. Uh, so Houston is going to be just fine. I'm just saying they're not going to be Final Four material. They're not going to be easily the best in the conference. I think, uh, I mean, they'll still be in the mix again. There's three or four schools, which will be gunning for top spot in the American Houston's still one of them. They're just not quite as good as last year. I mean, Edwards, Edwards, nice, you yeah. know, nice addition. Sure. But you don't lose Jero and Grimes and be the same. Team. Had they retained Caleb mills, by the way, who left like after 10 games last year. Yeah. First off, would they have gotten to the national championship? Who knows? But would he be there? Uh, w- would this team be better than last year's team? Perhaps it would looking at Edwards Sasser and mills. Yeah. I think his problem was that they had too many guys that did the same thing. There wasn't enough uh, time. There wasn't enough court time for everybody. Um, so yeah, but if he would have bided his time and, and would have played this year, um, the Houston would be, you could argue that they would be, you know, a roughly the same team as last year. Cause cause Caleb mills is a hell of a player and uh, the Florida state Seminoles are going to enjoy him. But uh, yeah, him transferring out was a big loss. Not so much for last year. It's a big loss for this year. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. So, what what do you think the ceiling is on the Houston Cougars with with uh, Kelvin Sampson, uh, another year at the helm down there in uh, in Houston with the Cougars? Uh, I I think what Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I think so. Let let me um let me rephrase that question. Who has who has a higher ceiling of those three schools that we just mentioned? Memphis, Memphis, Wichita, or Houston? I think Memphis does. 
I think I agree with you. I think Memphis athletically, uh, honestly, like if you want to talk about a team that could come out of nowhere and get to the final four, I think even hiring Larry Brown was a great move. It's a guy who's got it done before at Kansas um, long, long time ago, but <laughs> still, but I think he, he knows the game and he, sure, uh, sure. I mean, Penny uh, knows hey. the game too, but I'm saying, I think Larry Brown, you're, you're only going to get better with that hire. And let's face it. Penny's never coached on the biggest stages of college basketball. He's has, they haven't made NCAA tournament, right? No, no, they probably would have so, made it the year that COVID happened, but he's yeah, only been there two yeah. years. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, so, so Houston has a higher ceiling than Wichita though. I would say that I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, let's, let's uh, move down the line and talk about a team that I think no one's seen coming this year. And I'm talking about my guy, Joe Dooley. Let's go. And the East Carolina Pirates. Joe Dooley sounds like the name of a John Candy character. Um, <laughs> uh, look, why am I liking this team, Nick? I don't know. They're bringing know. back uh, super senior JJ Miles, getting about ten points a game. They're they're bringing back Brandon Suggs. They're bringing back Tristan Newton and Tremont Robinson White. Those are four guys that were key contributors. And then yes, obviously their leading scorer leaves for uh, Virginia. Jaden Gardner, but Huge loss. Winston Tabs coming in from Boston College, Vance Jackson coming in from Arkansas. I saw John Rothstein talking about how he thinks Jackson will be a player for UCU this year. What are we talking about here? Let's talk about the Pirates making a run. Blue well, Edwards. The, baby. If the listeners don't know, you are an ECU Pirate at heart. So uh, look, I mean, they went two and ten in the conference last year. ECU's never had a good basketball program. <laughs> yeah. You expect me to believe they are now? I mean, look, the big loss was losing Gardner. I agree, Tabs and Jackson were nice additions. I think they will play very well in this conference, and they got some quality guys coming back. But I mean, what's a good year for them to to go five hundred in the league and to sneak into the NCAA tournament by yeah, winning right. the AAC? Look, you, happen, you go back and you look at some of these games. You know, they beat Charlotte a year ago. They beat Radford. Radford makes a tournament (laughs) every once in a while. Uh, You look at some of those losses, though. Four point loss to Tulane, six point loss to South Florida. Uh, You know, what? Seven point loss to UCF. I mean, those are the other worst teams in the league. (laughs) I'm just saying, those could be wins. Yeah, I Those mean, could be wins. Like I say, you know, I I give Dooley credit. I think he's a solid coach, and I think they are making, you know, baby steps. Uh, but they just have a long way to go to respectability. And uh, I, like I'm saying, like if if they go 500 in the league, you have to chalk that up as a success, right? Because I don't know when's the last time they've been 500. I don't know, man. They they got the heart of champions, though. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I obviously losing Gardner was huge, but I think, you know, some of those other pieces could be nice. Could be nice. Um, baby, baby, baby steps. What are the odds they could ever get into the NCAA tournament? Huh? This year? Yeah. Nah, come on. Nah, not going to happen. So just move it along. All right. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think too many people are tuning in to listen to ECU on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now this one, I actually do think this could be a surprise team. Agreed. Uh, Wes Miller was a, doing a great, a great job down at UNC Greensboro. He gets hired by Cincinnati, and one of the big, the best things he did, besides you know, I thought he did great in the transfer portal, but he retained Jeremiah Davenport and David DeJulius, the and Mike Adams Woods. Those three were originally going to transfer by say by getting those three back. 
I don't know how much Cincinnati basketball you watched a season ago, Nick, but that guy Davenport. Yeah. Yeah. He's a baller and same with the Julia, the Julius or whatever, nine points yeah. a game, four and a half boards, four and a half assist. Dude, that's not a bad trio to to start from, okay? And when you look at Mason Madsen was a freshman last year. Mike Saunders was a freshman last year. I thought they played decent considering they're freshmen. Then you go out yeah. and you get John Newman, who I, his points were per game regressed at Clemson. I don't know what happened there. Few he's a solid player though. I mean, he can, yeah. he's a good role player. Yeah, good defender. You add, you add uh, the Wake Forest. Uh, I, how do I pronounce that guy's name? Uh, Odi Agumala. Agumama. Agumama. Yeah. Agumama. Uh, Adu from Mississippi State. I think he Adu, can contribute. That's a nice pickup. Yeah. Abdul Adu. And then two guys from UNC Greensboro. I mean, I, I think he did a great job in the transfer portal. I really, especially because they needed big men. Yeah. You know, they kind of had their perimeter set. So, so he basically he got four big men. But I mean, none of them are going to be all conference or anything. But they got some quality guys. I think combined. They can, you know, form a front court which is formidable. Well, and those uh, guards are tall. It's not, yeah. your, it's not like a, it, it's not a really small team. Uh, yes, they might be small at the or the bigs or something, you know, bringing in inexperience. But when you're when you're starting guard is, is six seven, six six. Uh, like this is a, a, I think it's a, a dangerous team. I think I'm not going to say they're like a sure bet to make the tournament, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got this team playing serious ball right away. And I followed Wes Miller. You know, he was he was a coach at UNCG for I think the last ten years or so. And look, ads. This is why you have patience with the coach. Let me let me spout off his 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 his, his yearly record. And uh, at first, it took a time. It took a while to turn that program around. He went eleven and eleven, nine and twenty two, fourteen and eighteen, eleven and twenty two, fifteen and nineteen in his first five seasons. Most programs are pulling the plug. Yeah. You know. At that point, if not before. Yeah. And then his last five seasons. Yeah. 25 and 10, 27 and eight, 29 and seven, 23 and nine, 21 and nine, including what uh, two NCAA tournament bursts, two NIT bursts. The guy's a good coach. uh, And he's got an interesting roster to work with here. I think Cincinnati is going to be improved. I do too. And uh, yeah, I I think they're going to be kind of, they're kind of like the, uh, the wild card to me in the AAC. There's a couple teams I think that are going to be really wild cards as far as making a push uh, for for you know top team or top or second best team or third best team. Now I don't think Cincinnati's in that. I think there is like a, the, we we kind of have it as a tier of uh, you have Wichita, Memphis, and Houston, uh, and then That's there's this other tier. tier. But I I wouldn't be surprised if there's one or two teams that come crashing into that first tier. Cincinnati maybe. I'm telling you, man, those, that youth they have with Davenport and DeJulius, those guys can play. I was impressed as the season went on last year. I was impressed with them. I think I'll probably have, I mean, we'll go through each team and then we'll, we'll kind of try to rank them uh, in order at the end. I'll probably have Cincinnati finishing fourth in the conference. And I think usually that's kind of puts them, you know, right around the bubble. Uh, Cause I think the American usually gets three or four teams in or so, you know, d- uh, depending on the year. But uh, I think, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in watching the Bearcats this season. Cause uh, they do have some nice pieces here. Yes. And uh, much like the Cincinnati Bearcats, this next team, the temple owls, I actually, I don't know about Aaron McKee as a head coach. He was a good, good player in the NBA and a good, a good temple owl. Uh, but I can tell you this bringing back Khalif battle, Damian Dunn and Jake Forrester. And Jeremiah Williams, huge, absolutely huge for this team. Um, 
I don't know what else you're really looking at here. I know they have Ty Strickland. They have uh Jordan. Uh, they're bringing in a wake forest transfer and Emmanuel FOMO. They lost a couple role reserves, but um, this is a, t- a team that I think could be better than what we're projecting. They're another team that got obliviated with COVID last year. If you look at, if you look at their season. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think McKee has a chance to, to, you know, build on what they started last year. Uh, I mean, last year, it, the season was a mess. I mean, they, they ended uh, what one and seven in the last eight. Uh, but the, what, you know, whenever you have a, a, a team that doesn't do well, but everybody returns, I think that's a sign that they're buying into what the coach is preaching. And that's a good thing. I mean, in, in 2020, 2021, the transfer portal is run wild. And the fact that most of the starters stayed with temple, I think it, it means that there's a, a, you know, some optimism heading into the season. No, I mean, they had a shit ton of games canceled too, man. I think that you got to look at that. Yes. I mean, uh, yeah, who didn't, I understand, but I think certain teams still just like in college football, that got blasted more than others. I think uh, Memphis and Temple are, are definitely two of them, but still uh, you saw some little flashes, man. They had, you know, three point loss to at, at Wichita uh, two, three point two. Uh, a two point loss at Cincinnati, a three point loss at home against Cincinnati, uh, you know, cl- uh, six point loss to, to Tulsa. If they can just fix, I feel like they're probably a little bit better than what we think. When we look at that record out the gate, beginning of the year, the beginning, beginning of their season, they did take a few ass whoopings. I mean, Houston beat them by 26. Uh, but I mean, this is a team that didn't start their season till like December 20th, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And- like it was a crazy year for them. And one of the big issues, I mean, they only played 16 games. So it looked, you know, most teams were in the twenties in the conference. So they, they played less games. They could never get into a rhythm. Uh, their scoring suffered big time. They, they were second to last in the conference in points per game. Uh, and what their overall record, uh, not too impressive. They were four and 10 in the conference, five and 11 overall. I think they can get, I think they're better than that this year. I think they are going to be hovering around 500 or so. Um, I think, well, I, I think they, I don't see this as a tournament team. Do you, I mean, I think they could be like Cincinnati. I think they're very similar to Cincinnati. I, I, I think I like what, what, what Cincinnati has, you know, p- coming to the table more so than uh temple. I really? think since he's yeah. Head and shoulders. I what, was it because the head coach or what? I think like player wise. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree that uh, I think Davenport and Julius are players, but I mean, if you look at the, the two games against temple a season ago, they were decided by three points or less. So yeah, but Cincinnati was a weird team last year. They, I think they had a couple of players like leave halfway through the year. I, I don't think the players enjoyed playing for that coach. I think having Wes Miller is a big benefit for, for, for Cincinnati. And I think some of the, the transfers they have coming in are going to you know do some big things there. I think Temple is going to be right by Cincinnati as far as like so uh, would it surprise me if Temple got in the tournament? Not really, but I wouldn't project them to be in, but I do think the big th- jump going from 4 and 10 and basically flipping that and being 10 and 4 in conference. I think they're going to be a tough team to beat night in night out for all these teams. Yeah. I I think it's going to be one of those games oh you're in Philadelphia, this is when you're going to have to earn that win. I don't think it's going to be. Well, four, well, I think that's last temp, year, that's Temple basketball. That you know, for a long time, that was Temple basketball. You, you, you know, they're not going to give you an inch. You got to come there, show up, and 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 play your hardest to get a W. So I think that's what Temple needs to get back to. This isn't their year, but as long as they get back to that level of respectability, 
you know, uh, bigger years can uh, come, you know, down the line. Yeah, I, I, I think that will happen, man. I think that will happen this year, but okay. Uh, all right, folks. I want to tell you guys that the college basketball experience is brought to you by Paramount Plus. The summer of soccer continues on Paramount Plus. Stream over two thousand soccer matches a year from around the world. That's all the heart pounding drama from CBS Sports, including the UEFA Champions League, the Europa League, Italy's Serie A, Argentina's Primera. Uh, I can't pronounce any of these fucking things, but. There's a lot of great soccer going on. The Asian Football Confederation, uh, the 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 Mexican men's national team, all this stuff. There's like a ton. All right, you got to check it out. It's the best of the most beautiful game with all the beautiful names like Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Rapino, and Pulisic. Um, probably butchering that name too. Uh, be part of the excitement as champions are crowned and history is made. The world's game lives here on Paramount Plus. Visit ParamountPlus.com to start your free trial and, and stream every match live. All right. And I want to talk about a team that we really just probably in that same vein uh, as a team that was really hard to handicap. Let's talk about the SMU Mustangs. Uh, this is a team that a season ago, I, I had a lot of trouble identifying what the hell they were. Um, what, what do you make of the Mustangs? Well, yeah, you brought up COVID with Temple, and sure, Temple had their COVID issues, but I think it hit SMU harder. I mean, they had a, a game in December canceled, they had two weeks in January canceled, a game in early February canceled, and then three weeks from like February 14th all the way into early March were all canceled. So they came back, played one game, lost, and the season's over. They started the year six and oh. We're thinking, okay, SMU's a pretty solid team. Uh, you know, they lost some players in the transfer portal, but they got some guys coming in too. Overall, I think uh, they have some decent pieces, and SMU keeps a solid basketball program. So I think they are on that second level. I think they'll be right around there with uh, Cincinnati and maybe a couple other schools, maybe Temple if you're high on Temple like that. Uh, but I think SMU is always a solid program. They have a ceiling. I don't think it's an NCAA uh, team. But uh, you, yeah, SMU. I mean, you, you always have a, a ball game on your hands if you're traveling down there. Yeah, no, I think they could be a tournament team with Kendrick Davis coming back. That was huge. I was flirting with the NBA. And by the way, apologies for the music playing there. Um, forgot to turn that off. But uh, Kendrick Davis coming back, 19 points a game, 7.6 assists, 4.2 boards, and 1.6 steal. What does that guy not do, right? And then you bring in a man. You're bringing back Emmanuel. Uh, how do I pronounce this one? Bandumel. Uh, Close enough. And then I think the big thing is getting the Weathers brothers. The Weathers brothers, uh, Marcus Weathers for Duquesne was a beast at 15.3 points a game in the A10, but also bringing in his brother uh, from Texas Southern, who averaged 16 and a half points a game. And then you go out and get Zach Natal from Sam Houston State and Tristan Clark from Baylor. I think they actually did great in the transfer portal. I think they could be a dangerous team. And, and you did, you know, hit on the, their season a year ago. They still beat that one of those Memphis teams that we were talking about. Um, now they swept did, Temple, swept the, swept those Owls, beat beat Tulsa on the road, beat Dayton, beat or lost to Boise State by one, and Boise State was a you know a bubble team. So I think this team can be better than they were a season ago, especially with just not having COVID. So I think they could find themselves in the top three. I really believe. Yeah. That. 
it really hinges on those transfers. Um, they got a lot of guys coming in and those guys scored a lot of points at smaller schools. You never quite know how that's going to translate. Um, they'll be an interesting team to watch. I think so far it's the, the, the team in the league with probably the most roster turnover uh, that can go good or sometimes it doesn't go so well. So uh, they were a hard team to handicap last year and they're going to be a hard team to handicap this year as well, at least early on until you can kind of figure out which one of those of these transfers are going to be, you know, big time players at this level. Yeah. Tim Jankovic bunch entering year five. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I think they, I wouldn't shock me if they made the tournament. I think they're a fringe. They're like they're a bubble saying team. that about every team so far. Well, look, I'm going to say this Cincinnati and temple. I'm going to give that. I'm going to say, no, are you trying to not hurt anybody's feelings? Are you trying <laughs> to appease every fan base? Uh, you know, sometimes you just got to do it, buddy. I mean, this I'll, is I'll uh, hurt feelings. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, no, the reality is though, I think temple and Cincinnati probably a year away, two years away. Uh, I think I wouldn't shock me if SMU found themselves. They were a bubble team last year, probably. You know, at one point, I the, I guess the 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 COVID issues. But I mean, I remember a couple of weeks away from the season, they were flat on the bubble. So why not? I'll say I'll say I like SMU more so than Temple. I like the more than Cincinnati. How do you not like the more than Cincinnati? Mm, I don't know. I think I, I I think I can trust the pieces in Cincinnati more than all these new guys coming to SMU. Interesting. Interesting. The new guys. What about Kendrick Davis? That guy's a fucking animal. He is. He is. I mean, that's a nice place to start a team here, but other than that, there's not a whole lot of, you know, I mean, they lost what set six, seven people uh, transferred out. So that's always a little cause for concern Two top 150 recruits coming in. Watch out for the Mustangs. All right. Hello. You play to win the game. All right. Next up, let's talk about the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Your boy Frank Haith. An old slippery Frank, huh? I got no idea. This is the hardest team to gauge. All right. <laughs> because they go out and get uh, you know, dry a horn from Colorado. He was at Tulsa just two years ago. They get Sam Griffin from from UT Arlington, who played pretty good, and UT Arlington was a decent uh, team in the Sun Belt. But they lose when they lost Elijah Joyner to to Iona. That was brutal. And then I'm thinking, okay, they got some depth. But Austin Ritchie bounces out to Florida Gulf Coast. They do return uh, Ray Idowu. I'm probably butchering that name. Seven point nine points a game. They also have super. This was huge. Getting super senior Darian Jackson back. He was the AAC Sixth Man of the Year. Seven point six points a game. Four boards. They got Keyshawn Emberly Simpson coming back. Curtis Haywood the second. They got a top uh, 200 recruit coming in, but I I have no idea what to make of this team. I think this team will be middle of the pack towards the back. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think that's kind of usually where they're at. I mean, last year it was interesting. They started off the season losing three of their first four, and then they had a stretch where they beat Memphis, Houston, and Cincinnati within like a week and a half. Yeah. So you're so you're like, damn, what is Tulsa up to? And then they end the year on like a on a, a two and six you know uh, skid. So um, I, I don't trust Haith as a coach. I think he's a decent talent accumulator, but I don't trust him with the the X's and O's. And I don't really like him. I think I think he's kind of a snake in the grass. Um, so overall, I don't really root for Tulsa. Usually, they have some interesting pieces. They could be solid, but I think you I think you're right. Milt 
kind of middle of the pack there. It could probably good for another upset or two on some of those teams, but sure. uh, yeah, sure. overall, I don't think they'll be dancing. Uh, all right, I want to talk about uh, underdog fantasy. Yes, make sure you head over to underdogfantasy.com and use that promo code SGPN for a free $25, and you take that $25 and you sign right up for a free shot at a million dollars. So download the app and sign up at underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. And while you're downloading apps, guys download us. Yes. The SGPN app. It's now live in the app store and Google play store. The app gives you easy access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. Um, all right. So I said no to Tulsa. This is one I'm curious about. Ron Hunter year three. I like Ron Hunter. I think he's a good coach. I think instantly seeing what he did uh, after Dunleavy left, although Tulane was not very good, they were much more competitive. Um, Jalen Forbes was back and that was big because he was flirting. I think testing the, the NBA waters, getting him back. Now it did. It was unfortunate. They lost, you know, Jordan Walker to UAB, but I think bringing in Jalen cook, from LSU. I think he's going to be a contributor right away. And then UNC Asheville's Devon Baker, perhaps 13 points a game. And they also brought in a LaSalle transfer and Scott Spencer. What do you make of the green wave? And will they, I think they're going to start to be better this year. I really think, I mean, you look at some of the numbers of the returning production and you say, Oh, well, Tyler Pope, 5.7 points a game, RJ McGee, four points. They didn't get as many minutes. A lot of guys graduated. Some guys graduated, some transferred. They're going to get more minutes. And these are guys that uh, some of them are guys that Hunter actually recruited. What do you make of the green wave? Yeah, I think they're kind of in the same position as Aaron McKee and temple. I think uh, Rod Hunter's a good coach. I think he's the right person for the job, but I think everybody knew that this was going to take several years to, you know, turn this program around. I mean, Tulane has really has no basketball history. Hot, you know, hot, that I, hot that Rod Williams, of. buddy. Hot Rod Williams. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, and then the problem with the American is that there's a lot of quality teams and somebody has to be towards the bottom, you know, and look, t- Tulane is not as good as any of the teams we, we have mentioned with the exception of ECU, you know, usually those few schools along with maybe South Florida, uh, they're towards the bottom of the conference. And I think it's going to be the same. I think what you hope for is pretty much the same thing I said for temple. You hope to get to around 500 in the league. And that would be a huge building step for this program where maybe next year, the year after that, they can think about, you know, a postseason. Uh, I agree, but you look back and say six point loss to Memphis. Now Houston did own them, but you look at some of the other losses. Yeah. Eight point loss to Wichita at Wichita. Three point but loss. Wichita wasn't beating anybody by by yeah, twenty yeah. last year, you know. But three point loss to Cincy. I just feel like they'll be in. They they, they were more competitive, and I feel yeah. like you're starting to see it. You know, I I don't expect them to be tournament a tournament team at all, but I do expect them to be. Once again, kind of, yeah, I agree. I think I still think Temple's a little better. Than well, them. that's the first step. The first step is being competitive, not necessarily winning, but being competitive. That that was them last year. Now the next step is winning a few more of those games to to get close to 500 in the league. I don't think they're going to be 500 in the American this year, uh, but that that should be the goal at least. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now I want to talk about a team that I, I just 
What do you make of the talk about confusion, Brian Gregory? And I actually like Brian Gregory as a coach. I thought when they hired him, it was a good hire. Where was he before Georgia tech again? No, he was at, uh, he's at South Florida. What do you mean? No. But, uh, well, before South Florida, he was at Georgia tech. Yeah. But he was at, was it Yukon? He was good somewhere before Georgia Tech. I'm going to have to to to, to pull no, it up. I'm pulling here. it up right now. Michigan State. I know he was an assistant at Michigan State for with with Izzo. He was at Dayton. That's where he was good, right? Yeah, that's when he was really he had a good run there. I, I knew he was he was he had you know some good years at like a mid major before because because uh, to, to be honest with you, he, he never worked at Georgia Tech. But uh, those years at Dayton, he was very solid, especially towards the end there. What you know, four twenty win seasons in a row. So maybe he's back on a level he's more comfortable with. Uh, this is first year or second year on the job. No, he's been there a while now, man. That's what I'm saying. Wow, this is fifth year. Yeah, where, where have I been? Well, I guess nobody pays attention to South Florida. <laughs> and and you know, like this is uh, I like so his teams. He instantly made them more competitive. I feel like I mean maybe not last year, but 19. I feel like they were always a tough out. They were a covering machine, dude. I feel like they would always lose to the good teams, but by like one, two, three points. You know what I mean? Like I felt like they were a team that uh, just couldn't get over the hump, but were very, very competitive. Can this? I mean, this is what's crazy. I was talking to, to Real Money Kramer in the office. They had nine players transfer out. Nine. Not a good sign. David Not Collins. Not a good sign for a, a coach going into his fifth year. Uh, that kind of tells me that, that people are, are, are running, you know, they're, they're getting out of Dodge. David Collins goes to Clemson. Michael Durr goes to Indiana. Yet another big man to Seton hall, uh, Justin Brown to UAB. That's not a good sign, but at the same time you make a case. Well, he brings back Caleb Murphy. Uh, he was solid last year. He's got a couple other guys with experience, Jameer Chaplin and Russell and And, uh, I think you look at what he brings in. He brings in some Jake Boggs coming in from UNC Wilmington, averaged 10 points a game. Samuel Hines from Denver. I agree. That's not a good sign to have all this, but bringing maybe South Carolina's uh, J- Jalen McCreary. Um, I don't know what to make of this team. Sorrell Smith from East Tennessee State coming in. A New Mexico. I think I, I think we could be looking at the worst team in the conference, and I, and I think we could be looking at Brian Gregory's last year as head coach in major college basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's tough when you have nine players transfer out. Absolutely fucking brutal. I'm with you though. I think uh, what, what's the what's the ceiling? <laughs> the ceiling is that he keeps his job for another season. So 500. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then they weren't too far off. I mean, last year they were not good, uh, but but the year before that they were 14, 17 overall, seven and eleven in the conference. Uh, the year before th- that, that was my year. In like two thousand, the best year was his was eighteen nineteen when he went twenty four and fourteen overall, eight and ten in conference. Uh, it it seemed at that point that he had the the program pointing in the right direction, but apparently the wheels have fallen off and the train has been derailed. Um, it's going to, it looks, it sure looks like it's going to be a, a long year for the bulls. The, the, I think 18 and 19, they were just covering machines for me. I mean, uh, yeah. go back and look at some of that. I mean, they beat Loyola, Chicago, losing overtime to Utah state, barely lose to Florida state. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, we'll see how this shakes out with the bulls, but we are not bullish on them by any means. Um, all right. Uh, the final team to talk about here is the one that I think uh, recently I saw 
a couple different basketball analysts, college basketball analysts praising and saying, you want to talk about the dark horse that could win the AAC or really be a player in the AAC. And that's Johnny Dawkins's UCF, very golden Knights. Uh, they returned everybody electing to come back. Right. I mean, everyone, Darius Perry flirted with going to the NBA comes back. This guy averaged just shy of 15 points, four boards and three and a half assists a game and 1.3 steals. But then uh, Brandon Mahan, Mahan, however you pronounce that, he was thinking about transferring. No, he comes back. Darren Green is back. Or is back. Isaiah Adams is back. C.J. Walker's back. Dre Fuller's back. Jamil Reynolds is back. Um, they're bringing in a top 150 recruit, and then they, they went out and got uh, the big man from UNLV, who I thought was a solid player at UNLV. I don't uh, Deong from uh, UNLV, six eleven, two thirty five, averaged nine points a game. Nick, what do we make of uh, of what is going on in Orlando, and and will Johnny Dawkins be dancing again? Because what in eighteen he danced and he almost danced his way to an upset against the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, very damn close. This, yeah, this um, is his best team since then. Yeah, definitely. I think he's in the in the two years since then. They're, they're, the program has been kind of like treading water. They've been pretty much like five hundred quality program. Always a tough out. They play really good defense. Uh, they've had scoring issues, especially the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, this is his best squad since that 18, 19 team that did go to the round of 32 and, and <laughs> we're very close to going further. So uh, I'm with you. I think this team could sneak back into the tournament. Uh, do you place them in the same top tier as Houston, Memphis and, um, and Wichita? Originally I didn't. But once I was, you know, gathering information and seeing that they brought in, you know, through the transfer portal and having a, a nice recruit come in, I think you got to put them with Wichita, right? I mean, this is a team here. You know, last year they beat Auburn, they beat Florida State last year, uh, beat Cincinnati, beat Tulsa. Uh, they're a good team. They beat Tulsa twice, actually. Um, you know, and earlier I mentioned I had Cincinnati being ranked number four. I think I was wrong. I think UCF. I'm gonna have four Cincinnati five, and I think that puts UCF probably in that bubble range. I think they they'll they'll be around there. Uh, but you know what? I'm a Duke guy. I love Johnny Dawkins, so I want to say that he finds a way to get into the tournament. And if he does, watch out, man. He almost did it a couple of years ago. Could do it again. The Matha guy too. The Matha right. uh, Morgan Wooten. Yes, Johnny Dawkins from Washington D.C. Uh, where we are from. So uh, uh, look, I'm on board here. I think they're actually better. And I actually think they might be better than Wichita this year. I can see that. I mean, cause Wichita kind of lacks other than ETN. They, they kind of la- lack that top notch talent. It just seems like year in year out, they just get it done. All right. So let's go pecking order here of the AAC uh, at one. I'm going to go Memphis. Do you agree? Agreed Two Houston agreed. My third team is the UCF Golden Knights. I'm still going to go Wichita. I'm going to go Shockers there. I'm going to have UCF UCF fourth. So are we, we flip flop there? Yeah, I got Wichita fourth. I have Cincy fifth. I have. You got SMU. SMU fifth. Yes. Now we're so we're going to flip those two because I have SMU sixth. I got Cincy sixth. I got Temple seventh. I got Tulsa seventh. Okay. Eighth. Should I go Tulsa and eighth? (laughs) 
eighth. Yeah, I think you got to go Tulsa. They're more talented than so. At eight, I got Tulsa. At I got Temple. At nine, who you got? There's only eleven. Remember, UConn's gone. I'm gonna go Tulane. I agree. I think Tulane could out. I actually think Tulane could be better than Tulsa. Uh, possibly. So I'll, I'll join you on Tulane, then East Carolina, and then South Florida. Yeah, I agree uh, at the bottom there. Well, watch out for my Pirates. They could jump up eight <laughs> spots. All right. Uh, hey, it's a good conference, good basketball. Check it out. Yeah. I mean, you got to like the, the, I mean, when you talk about tournament teams, best case scenario, they're getting in four. I think best case scenario, they could get in five. Yeah. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to go back through the years and I didn't do that, that, uh, research. I would say usually the American doesn't get in five. I don't I think, think they do. It's yeah. more like three or so. Yeah. Um, but although, I, although I, with Yukon, some of those years, maybe, yeah, maybe they got Yukon Cincy and, uh, Memphis or I don't know. I, I, I think you're right though. Yeah. And so they're probably only going to get in four, which that means if you're UCF, if you're Cincy, you know, welcome to the bubble. And those games are going to be awesome. That's what that means. So yeah, yeah keep exactly. an eye on those games. This uh, Temple, the Cincy games, the matchups like that, going to be awesome throughout the year. All right, folks. If you're a first time listener to the College Basketball Experience, make sure you subscribe because we are break. We talk college basketball year round here. We're breaking down all the conferences, right? Doing live look-ins, team previews coming in a, in a little bit here. But we're going to have a lot of fun uh, as college basketball gets closer and closer to tipping off on Tuesday, November 9th, I believe, if memory serves me, serves me correct. But also check out the college football experience feed where we're breaking down. We are in the heat. Uh, you know, we were right before the season. You get the kitchen's getting hot in the college football experience because just uh, just a week or two away from the season tipping off, and we're breaking down all 130 college football teams in the FBS. There's a solo podcast for each and every team. Also, going to have some FCS teams as well covered, but also a lot of talk. Just co- constant college football talk. We talk college basketball year round over there. We talk college basketball year round over here. Uh, or we talk college football year round over there and talk college basketball year round over here. I can't, I don't even know what I'm talking about right now. All right. But I think we get the point. Yes, there we go. All right. But make sure you subscribe to the college basketball experience with me, Patty C and C Nick. We, uh, we've been handicapping every single division one college football and college basketball game for the past four years. We've never had a losing season for each individual for each individual sport essentially. So obviously as a collective way over 500, we're also way over 500 on our locks. We give you all of that for free on the SGPN app, which you can download for free at the app store, or Google play store, download that. You'll get, not only will you get our picks and our podcast, you'll get our guest appearance podcast. You'll get our contest. We give, just gave away a thousand dollars for the NBA finals free roll. We're giving away six figures for the NFL. So check that out. College football is going to have some too. And then college basketball as well. So all that will be free via the SGPN app, download that thing. And if you're kind enough, once you download it, give us a five-star review, say some nice things about us. Take a screenshot with your phone. Find me on Twitter at the Colby D follow me, show me that screenshot. And I'll send you a college experience t-shirt brand spanking new at the Colby D. Uh, give me a follow as well. NC Nick's on Twitter at NC underscore N I C K. Patty C's on Twitter at Patty C831. The college experience new to Twitter at TCE on SGPN, new on Instagram as well. And the Sports Gambling Podcast Network's on Twitter at the SGP Network. Give them all a follow and make sure you check out the uh, Slack channel, Sports Gambling Podcast as well. We talk college basketball year round there too. All right, folks, this is the college basketball experience. AAC off-season check-in. You better start thinking about yours. And we out of here.